0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in. 608, 49
1: degrees in the capital city. Ooh, glad to have you with us this election day, November 8, 2022. The midterms have finally... And I do mean finally, arrived. the nation votes today. Maybe they already have, but the votes are counted today. In some states, in other states, uh, they'll probably be counting them for uh, I don't know the next month or so. Uh, but but we are hopeful given that we will be here tonight waiting for the returns here in the KLIN studios with our election coverage, uh, that they will be counted fairly quickly here in the state of Nebraska.
2: There's a good chance that while we're giving election results, we'll be able
1: to read off the Powerball numbers too. That's true. (laughs) That is uh, true. Yes. If you haven't heard uh, no Powerball drawing yesterday, Some state didn't follow security protocols. It sounds fishy as all get out. Uh, And and of course, guys, of course this happens on Election Day because it sounds super election-y, does it not? The whole thing... It, it sounds exact. Well, I thought we would have results by now. Well, there's one state that isn't quite doing things by <laughs> protocol, so we're going to have to push the results back a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, are the results legit? I don't know, but we have a lot riding on this. Which are we talking about? That's what we should play today, Powerball or elections. <laughs> Just take out, news, uh, take out news stories from today. Read you a sentence from them and then try to determine whether we're talking about the Powerball drawing or counting election ballots, because we're going to have both of them today.
2: Results delayed because of security in one state.
1: Yes, but they did not identify the state did not. Come on. Shame them. Shame. Em. I hope it wasn't us, but shame right
2: them. I mean, if it is us, shame us.
1: Uh,
3: yes. Yes. I want to hear. I want to hear what state doesn't have. what does that even mean? Well, I intend to sue when I win because I'm losing right. interest from when I <laughs> could be depositing the money.
1: There you go. You'll be able to afford the lawyers. No doubt about that. <laughs> Sue for lost interest. That actually would be pretty significant. It would a de- be. De- delay a, a day okay. on five hundred plus million dollar lump sum at know. a good you know given where interest rates are right now. Shoot, you put that in a checking account, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Get a, a CD. You know, three percent CDs. Have a good day with your stonks. I mean, uh, yeah. that could be a lot of money. Yeah, maybe a lot of money I, lost I'm, by someone. I'd probably just go to
3: Warhorse and.
1: Well, never mind. (laughs) Well, uh, yes, it is election day, and uh, we are going to have full coverage uh, throughout the day going into the uh, evening hours. We will get back on the air tonight, uh, essentially LNK today.
3: If any numbers come out in their mind, I won't be back tonight. Uh, You can't still buy a ticket, can you? No. Okay.
2: All right. No, I believe the last they start shutting down... Buying those tickets for Nebraska at nine o three.
3: I think that's a, a that's a set time uh, period. Yes, and regardless of your time zone, uh, it's it's exactly the same time. So it would be ten o three in the Eastern time Correct. zone, and all of that. Correct. And then the drawing, I believe, is at ten thirty Central. Okay, uh,
2: ten fifty nine Eastern is <laughs> when the the normal drawing
1: is at night yes at night oh again it sounds like we're talking about an election i've
2: looked at that website
1: wait do we have any like (laughs) do we have any uh like the poll watchers in arizona can they come up and watch the uh can they look all intimidating in front of the powerball offices
3: wouldn't you hate to have been that uh, host did you go live last night did they actually go on I think they, the they, guy who's like the real puker who comes on there and he's like,
1: okay, and here we are at the <laughs> Powerball drawing. And uh, we're not going
2: to do it at this point. The jokes are really funny out of this, though, going, oh, there are security issues for a machine that just pops out ping pong <laughs> yeah. balls with a number on it. Well, that's well, not gets, the security. It's about I, the ti- I, I, yeah. I know, but, yeah. When, yeah. but yeah. it's the
1: ticket. Yeah, it's the tickets, right? Something about, they're afraid that they, I don't know, like, is there like an Ocean, Ocean's Eleven thing happening somewhere here? Is that what's what's going on? Does somebody are the winning numbers already printed on a ticket somehow? Is that what we're we're dealing with here?
2: All right, time to just void them all. Roll it up into Wednesday. Let's hit two billion, baby.
1: Ah, uh, well, anyway, back to Election Day, <laughs> the supposed real news of the day. Polls will open here in Nebraska at 8 a.m. So in the know, central time voted,
3: zone. In the central time zone. The mountain time any, zone at 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you know,
1: I'm usually very passionate about making sure all the time zones are covered with my time <laughs> checks, including those of you swimming in the
3: Atlantic Ocean.
2: Our friends in Newfoundland.
3: Yes, and our friends in I'm Newfoundland. I'm just saying that we've got stations in the western yep, no, mountain right. time zone. You're right. Uh yeah no you're absolutely
1: right um and uh my my shout out to the time zones is something I'm very proud of and
3: since it's still night and it's cloudy our sky wave maybe get they may be listening to us in alliance <laughs> that'd
1: be good well hello alliance good morning <laughs> how we doing um so could be the last ele- here's a couple of things I was thinking about could be the uh, final election in Nebraska you do not need ID to vote in could very well be the the a uh, case um now it'll be like we've got a mayor's race coming up in the spring i wonder how fast they get voter id um voter id you know all the the legislative part of it done uh will it be done in time for something like that because there have been other legislative ballot or ballot initiatives where the legislature has taken their sweet you know what time uh on actually getting these things into place i.e uh, gambling regulations, sports gambling regulations,
3: i.e., uh, Medicaid expansion. What's regulation uh, is required to have a valid photo ID to uh, register? Or I'm remote.
1: not sure, but I bet they'll figure it out. I'll bet they'll they'll find out. I don't know. You, I mean, I, I assume you've got to, you've got to pass some sort of legislation with more details uh, on this. But, but anyway, it's just. just curious, so it very well could be the uh the last election um where you're not showing an idea and and uh i think we we kind of have a feeling that's probably going to pass um and then you know the other the other things you've got you've got the quote-unquote biggest races are ones uh in our listening area that don't appear to be that they're going to be particularly close um i'm speaking of course of the gubernatorial race um and and less so the the house race uh, in in our home district here uh, between between Flood and Pansing Brooks, uh, but you, you you know you kind of look at the the national forecasters and they're they're saying something like greater than ninety nine percent the Republican wins both of those we'll see I guess uh, on those but the real you know the 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 real interesting part I think and I think maybe the most underrated. Uh, in terms of discussion outcome tonight is going to be the balance of power in the state legislature and exactly what happens to that all with legislative races all over the state where that's at on the 33 number, right? Including, yeah, including uh, a couple here uh, in our listening area that are, you know, not, it's not eminently clear right now who's going to win it. Uh, That to me is something I think I'll, I'll be following very closely tonight guys as as we uh as we take in the results not only from here but statewide because uh, mark as you pointed out yesterday that could have a very uh, quick impact on issues like abortion i think that's probably the the front and center first one that people are thinking about because that'll be something the nebraska legislature uh would take up immediately coming up uh the next uh the next session here in a couple of months and they They did take it up last session, basically one of those trigger laws, and they didn't have the votes then to do that. They did not go into special session during this fall when they theoretically could have done that and put something on the books right now saying that they didn't have the votes to do that. And so. Where are the votes going to be? What kind of votes are you going to have during the next legislature, and of course other legislative issues as well. The things that are going to come up there when it comes to the 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 regular stuff you're dealing with in the legislature all the time, uh, property taxes in particular, and and just kind of how Jim Pillen, assuming he wins, um, or Carol Blood, I guess, but uh, particular, but if if the uh, uh, if the pollsters are right on this one, uh, how he will kind of interact with with this legislature and then you've got with the governor's race the the other implication of that in 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 terms of who's nebraska's next senator is going to be and who will be appointing that senator and all signs point to it being pete ricketts or jim pillin to win this race and uh so we've got that as an implication of this whole thing minimum wage as well uh, go ahead. Sorry,
3: I would imagine that if for some reason Carol Blood becomes the uh, the uh, winner tonight, that they'll make that. Uh Senate appointment. Yeah, before, you're right. <laughs> I, Yeah, you're
1: probably right. I didn't even think of that scenario, but yeah, they'll find a they'll, appoint, they'll find a
3: way. W- even if it, Will
1: Ricketts would, that's an interesting scenario, a very unlikely scenario, but an interesting right. one. I mean, would Ricketts nominate himself somehow? Probably in not. Scenario? But he could
3: also nominate somebody that would agree to take it for the two remaining years or right. until the next uh, right. election, and uh, then run. Yeah. Yes. So we've uh, so so we've got that too. The other the other one, kind of locally, that I think is interesting is District Twenty Eight. I'm going to be watching that one. pretty And uh, for people who don't know, who is uh, who does that involve? Well, that involves a sitting Lincoln City Councilwoman Jane Raybould and a former City Councilman Roy Christensen. Uh, Roy Christensen. yeah, yeah. And, and that goes to how the legislative makeup, even though it's nonpartisan, let's face it, it is, uh, and and there. Uh, all, everybody in Lincoln knows the, uh, the, the political leanings of each of those yeah. and how that would translate into a legislative uh, agenda right this coming session and that's
1: been uh it's been a district that has uh been been left leaning in who it's put in there and uh Bold had a a significant advantage in the primary um so we'll see how those translate over there and then you've got district 46 here in lincoln where you've got speaking of city council people running for the uh the seat you've got uh james michael bowers going against daniel conrad former state senator um on that one and so yeah, that one's probably that one's gonna be on the the left side of the margin no matter what but which of those two it's kind of an interesting that whole race is a little interesting that it's even a thing with with two fairly high profile uh democrats both vying for that spot as well right so a couple of the legislative watches uh le- legislative i should say races to watch minimum wage on the ballot um again will we have this will we have minimum wage passing again like it has in the past and up against what looks like statewide probably a very red ticket of results you've got that one that might stick out like a bit of a, a sore thumb in this whole thing and it from people i talk to they seem to expect that that will likely be the case i've seen now i know the pro, the, there apparently is some money on the pro-minimum-wage side uh, because they've done a little bit of advertising, mm. I've, I've noticed over the course of the last week or so. Um, haven't seen that. I'm not saying it's out there, but I haven't seen that as much on the other side of that issue. And, and speaking of, like, late into the game with advertisements, you mentioned one of those legislative races. I've seen some uh, Roy Christensen ads uh, yes. over the course of the last probably week or so, too. So
2: My curiosity on the, the minimum wage vote Obviously, we know, you can hear from both sides on the pros and cons of it. My curiosity on it is as it goes up to $15 in 2026, at that point, is there going to be the call for $18 an hour?
3: Well, there is a cost of living adjustment every year thereafter. Thereafter, the- okay. So uh, and that is as a kind of a sticking point with those uh, anti people, because right. there's basically no limit at that point to what the minimum wage might be.
2: Right. I'm, I missed that. So yeah. in in my head, I was thinking, OK, it just stops there and then it becomes the next whatever you want to call for. No,
3: it's there's a cost of a COLA adjustment in okay. there. Okay, yeah. But I, I was talking with a candidate uh, for uh, I'm not going to get any more specific than a candidate. In uh, today's election, county candidate. Uh, what yesterday. race? Um, <laughs> one of them. I'm narrowing.
1: I'm already narrowing it down quickly. <laughs> and, and, anyway,
3: and and I was I, I asked about the the minimum wage and and all of that. What their thoughts were, and they they said they'd be a lot more concerned about the minimum wage passing, or that uh the we would be even more left leaning if medical marijuana had been on the ballot. Mm. Interesting.
2: Well, and that's that Jack, that was one of the things you were talking about yesterday on the what issues are on the ballot and who that brings out to vote,
3: right? Yeah, Yeah. but and medical marijuana would have certainly helped take the minimum wage over the top, I in my opinion, yeah.
1: Well, I I mean, I still think just oh, I I do too, yeah. I still think it probably, but I'm only going, it's not like I've been doing polling or looking at polling, but the only the only thing you have to fall back on is when this was previously at the ballot has the state changed or does the state feel differently collectively about minimum wage than it did um than it did you know last when was this came around last time 2014 maybe something like uh, that uh yeah. 2012 maybe uh, it was it was quite some time ago
3: uh, a lot has changed too we've gone through a pandemic and and yeah. and quite frankly <laughs> $9 if we jump to $9. There aren't very many minimum wage jobs out there right now in reality.
1: Yeah, that's that's the interesting part is well, who will that be most impactful for? What are those jobs right mm-hmm.
2: now? And the reason that you don't have a lot of minimum wage jobs, they they do exist, but there's, there's not as many because you have to find a way to get employees. And when you are running yeah. unemployment so low raising above minimum wage and then going above what your competitors would draw. That's how you get your employees. So yeah. there's a lot of them that right now aren't even sitting at $9 or $10 an hour.
1: Yeah, And then, and then, you know, real quick, uh, we, you know, we talk a lot more local than national here and that'll be the case tonight with our coverage too. But of course I think probably the most, uh, interesting issue tonight nationally is what happens to the balance of the power in the Senate. Um, will, will Republicans have both, both houses, uh one house or i guess there's a scenario where they have zero of the houses um after this is all over but the senate ones particularly excuse me interesting because you can pinpoint the exact states that i mean it's essentially i mean if you really want to narrow it down to the bare minimum it's really what happens with uh with georgia pennsylvania and nevada and whichever Arizona whichever and 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 maybe Arizona but those i was going to say whichever those three that i mentioned whoever gets two out of three of those yeah probably is in the capper seat for this thing um those but you could if there's a yes you're you're right if if there are arizona and i know ohio has been mentioned as close one too but i think those are getting um a little bit more a little bit more spread out than those other ones but yeah the the whole herschel walker warnock thing the fetterman oz thing and uh, you know what's interesting nevada's the, that Georgia and the Pennsylvania one, maybe it's because it's a little bit more sexy news-wise because you have celebrities in both of those. Not quite getting the attention as Nevada and I am not getting the, att- getting the attention that those
3: other two are. Well,
2: I can tell you, depending on the Powerball results, the balance of power might be me having multiple houses, too. We'll
3: see. <laughs> we'll see. We did hear last night that there's going to be a major announcement on a Mar-a-Lago on the 15th. Well, I wonder in what Florida? that will be. Florida. (laughs) I wonder wonder what that will be.
1: Is that how he says
2: it? Yeah. Florida. He puts an extra A in there.
3: All right.
1: So there you go. That's your primer for Election Day. More coverage coming, including our coverage tonight at 8 o'clock. Getting you to all the results and the analysis. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll know, we'll have an answer to a lot of those questions we just raised when we sign off later tonight. All right. Presented
2: Get- by Lincoln Coin and Bullion.
1: Presented by Lincoln Coin and Bullion. Thank you for being our sponsors to Lincoln Coin and Bullion. Take a break. Nebraska men's and women's basketball on the court yesterday. Caleb will tell you how it how- was into the 60s
4: for highs. We'll see an afternoon high of 62 degrees in Lincoln. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron.
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, let's get somebody uh, some pizza and some Husker gear this week. We're
1: playing Fantasy Huskers. It's the uh, fantasy draft every week that you can participate in about the upcoming game. And to get a pick, you've got to text in your keyword. You know the drill by now. I don't really need to explain it, do I? Uh, text in this word to the Rickstown Recognition text line, 402-479-1400. The word is? Vote. V-O-T-E, vote. Uh, we are asking you this week, if you missed it, how many points will Michigan score against Nebraska on Saturday? Two picks are in so far.
2: Marie th- says 35, Mexi Fry
1: 50.5. <laughs> we're allowing decibel points. I'm allowing it. Although they only hurt you, I would say. Well, if our... How could a decibel help you in this? So... <laughs> if, if, if they score... 51.
2: I suppose <laughs> you're trying to take both 50 and 51, I guess, right? But
1: if somebody guesses 50 or 51 <laughs>
2: or both, then you don't technically even register as right, having a right, guess.
1: exactly. You don't have a guess. It's, I'm not uh,
2: telling you guys what to do, I'm just but saying we have eight picks left to make this happen.
1: It's uh, <laughs> I understand why they do it in Vegas, I don't know that this is a great strategy here, but you go <laughs> yeah, you go maybe there'll be some scenario where it turns out that i was wrong uh all right let's uh jump into our sound off election day and let's go through some of the uh the big questions here kind of uh kind of uh, the big national questions here point by point we're going to start with the uh with the house where uh you know if you if you believe the five thirty eighths of the world it's a greater than 80% chance the republicans keep the house 80, wow. 80 yeah they i just checked them all out here this morning they've got it at over 80 uh actually uh but let's uh let's uh, hear uh hear more about that
5: democrats currently control the house of representatives 220 to 212 with three vacant seats the fox news power rankings projects republicans to take control by 19 seats with a best case scenario of holding 249 seats Some unusual races could propel the GOP. Currently, the party has no members of the House representing New England. Today, races in Connecticut, Maine, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island are all in play. Democrats, though, have some unlikely opportunities as well, with candidates having the edge in House races in Alaska and Kansas. Districts that normally lean Republican. Fox News has the Democrats' best case scenario at 212 seats, which is still below the 218 majority threshold. Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All
1: right, so that now I got it pulled up. The uh, 538 has 84 in a hundred. Say Republicans win 16 in a hundred. Say Democrats. Uh, win and uh you know the races that are really tight that are going to determine this uh none in none in Nebraska, although they do have that uh second district race uh as a likely um uh lean republican I should say no likely I'm sorry, it's hard to tell the different color coding here they've got it as likely republican uh toss ups like anywhere near us well there's that third district in Iowa. Is, uh, is a really tight one. Uh, Zach Nunn versus Cindy Axney. Nunn, the Republican. Axney is the, uh, the Democrat. That's really the only, that's really the only house race that I'm seeing in kind of our region. Um, you got one in Michigan. Uh, that's really tight. Uh, but most of the tightest ones, there's a couple of them in Texas. He mentioned that Alaska one, which by the way, uh, tonight's the night that Sarah Palin could get back in the, uh, House of Representatives, although, uh, she's a slight underdog mm. in that race. Uh, I see races that they consider toss ups in, in Virginia and Rhode Island, a couple of them in Pennsylvania, uh, one in New York, um, In addition to that Iowa one as well. You know
2: what's not a toss up? What's that? Nebraska's third congressional district.
1: That is not a toss up. They are and by the way, there's a third third party candidate in that this year uh in addition to Adrian Smith the incumbent David Else, the democrat uh Mark Elworth Jr also on the ballot third party
2: that's essentially a lifetime post for Adrian Smith if he wants to.
1: boy it really is it's, it's a good job <laughs> if you can get it
2: there there are not a lot of politicians that have been holding the same role since i was in high school but
1: for, for a, but a while he's done it for a while it was Fortenberry and Smith and uh now it's uh now it's uh, think Fortenberry gets any write in votes today yes <laughs> just, someone's going to. I just realized that. I wish someone's I, going. Again, to. if the one thing, you know, the one thing I want to change about elections <laughs> is a dangerous topic. <laughs> the one, no, one thing, the one problem with elections in the United States right now is that we don't get an itemized list of all the writing candidates. Would that not be amazing? The people deserve to know. We deserve, yeah, we deserve to, to see all. Wait, wouldn't wait, that wait. list be interesting and entertaining. So there
2: is one. One of the guys is it uh, Bob Bohr?
1: Yeah, Bohr This is who, a write in. Who's yeah. as a
2: write in? I had I saw them out on like corners and stuff saying demand a hand count. Okay, so that you have to go through and see how many write ins there were.
1: Yeah, I I am very curious uh, who yeah. gets written in for various things. D- uh, does Tom Osborne get votes? I bet he does. Probably. Like who are the who are the who are the regular write-in? Dave Heineman is he getting votes? I want to track is... the
2: write-in votes. This is what I'm saying. Like, they're not winning, but, <laughs> but what are but, people taking the time to do that?
1: I'm trying to think if I've ever written. I think I've written somebody in before. Yeah, I can't remember what race, but I feel like I have done it at some point. Uh, all right. What else do we have? How about the, uh, how about the balance of power in the Senate?
4: Republicans are looking to flip both chambers of Congress. 35 Senate seats are up for grabs and all 435 House seats are up for election. And it's all eyes on the battlegrounds as Republicans hope today will be a referendum on failing Democrat policies. And it could come down to just four states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona. Now, Senate candidates from those pivotal states speaking at rallies yesterday and one final effort to
1: garner support, I spoke with former President Trump, who told me this could be the most interesting midterms
4: they have ever had. Trump also telling me he thinks Republicans have a quote good chance of big success.
1: She got an interview with Trump. All right, impressive there uh, by Brooke Singman. Uh, if you if you if you care, the uh, the 538 number there has Republicans winning fifth, now up to this was 50 50, uh, Caleb, when we looked at it like two weeks ago. Okay, it's now 59. 59- in hundred for Republicans, forty-one in a hundred hmm. for Democrats right now, and their analysis is pretty simply: um, is it's who gets two out of the three closest, whichever party gets two out of the three closest states, uh, which would be they're they're identifying as Nevada, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. Right, saying Arizona is 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 slightly leaning Democrat now, New Hampshire Dem, light, slightly de- leaning Democrat Republican. More likely to hold on North Carolina, Ohio, and Wisconsin. So they've identified those true toss-ups as Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and then uh, and then the question is, uh, do who gets two out of three on those? Um, so there you go. That's uh, that's uh, Catherine, the incumbent Catherine Cortez Masto, uh, the Republican is Adam Paul Lakesalt. So we will see. By the way, I think it's you. You've got. Uh, I think I uh, heard coming in that uh, some weather issues in. They might be getting some snow. In some of those areas, which, again...
2: How's that going to impact? Well,
1: I mean, the way that that probably impacts is people who are more likely... If it it impacts anyone, it would be people who are voting on Election Day as opposed to earlier. That's true. And, you know, I mean, if it follows what happens in Nebraska, that would that would more likely impact Republicans if there were a true weather issue there. Uh, okay, now we got the we got the Senate, we got the uh, House. What about governors? Yeah, we got a bunch of governors races, including right here in Nebraska, that'll have significant political impact.
4: 36 governors races are up for grabs today, as the GOP <laughs> hopes to pull off a few upsets. One of those hot races is in New York, where Republican Lee Zeldin is hoping to become the state's first Republican governor since 1994. He's in a tight race against incumbent Kathy Hochul, who is criticized zeldin's focus on out-of-control crime in the city and another tight governor's race to watch is in oregon where republican christine Drazen hopes to unseat tina Kotek and become the first republican governor elected there in four decades wait in arizona former news what? anchor carrie lake is pulled ahead of candidate and secretary of state katie hobbs lake zeroing in on securing the border
1: they think uh, there's a chance that a republican is going to win oregon wow didn't see that coming definitely didn't see that coming um, the one actually the the uh, the Kansas one is probably the local local regional one that's probably the most interesting to watch here uh, and Mark Pride knows more about this than I do but uh, the incumbent is uh, Laura Kelly who is a Democrat uh, her opponent is Derek Schmidt a Republican uh, right now I mean this looks like a potentially very close race here in in that one um, so we will see. All right, so all of that said, uh, oh, by the way, get ready for more of this. Guys, we already have a ballot challenge. We already have a already? ballot challenge, and you, I'll give you two guesses what state it's in, but I think you probably get it on the first guess. Yes, it is in... In the uh, Peach State, Georgia already has a a ballot challenge.
6: More than 65,000 ballots have been challenged here in Fulton County, Georgia's most populous county. A new state law allows voters to challenge an unlimited number of ballots. Gabriel Sterling, COO of the Georgia Secretary of State's office, says some of the challenges have been taken to the extreme. He tells Fox 5
5: Atlanta if voters... Fine, they've been flagged. Have your ID, vote the provisional, then answer the questions that the board and the uh, staff may have. Sterling says most of the challenges
6: have been tossed out, but a few have remained. In Atlanta, Gernal Scott, Fox News.
1: This is going to be fun. Uh, oh, and the other thing I didn't mention uh, probably the mo- the most consistent national referendum that 's on different states' ballots, but Nebraska does not have one on it. It has to do with uh, with marijuana I La- i shouldn't say a lot several states will be voting on that and could really change i mean that 's one of the stories tonight. You could really come out of this with a real kind of a, a real kind of swing in the nation about the use the legality in states of recreational marijuana
4: seventeen million people in Five states, Maryland, North Dakota, South Dakota, Missouri, and Arkansas could see marijuana laws relaxed under ballot measures today. Since Maryland's the only blue state considering legalizing weed, it's believed to be the state where it's most likely going to happen. If Arkansas legalizes pot, the state would impose a 10% tax on cannabis sales. Some of that money going to help pay law enforcement. All the ballot measures involved call for only people over 21 to be able to buy recreational pot. Jill Nato, Fox News. So...
1: I mean, that, that's one to watch here in Nebraska, too, because you've got two border states, and you remember all of the discussion after Colorado legalized marijuana uh, in the western part of the state uh, and and all of the issues that came up with that. You could potentially, obviously, have the state to the north, maybe both states to the north, but South Dakota, I mean, going into Yankton, right, and uh, and hit the dispensary in Yankton, uh, or or missouri uh which you could mm-hmm. get to fairly quickly from some parts of the state as well unless
2: i miscounted there are currently 19 states where marijuana is where fully legal. recreationally legal yes.
1: or decriminalized to the point that it's legal no
2: yeah Full, or, or no, fully legal not fully legal not so you not, could
1: add so you could add potentially
2: so that does not include the ones where it's Medical or decriminalized.
1: Decriminalized. Okay. And so you could be adding potentially five states. You can get get to the point where it won't be long and it'll be half the states. Yeah. You could get really close to that today. Uh, But we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how it does in those red states. Mm -hmm. In the North Dakota, South Dakotas of the world, especially uh, on that one.
2: Because Uh, right now, North Dakota is uh both medical and decriminalized okay and south dakota so, is
1: just medical so it may not jump uh, it may not be as much of a jump for those states uh but nebraska stays strong in the middle with a no on that one uh along with their friends in iowa uh all right and then there's uh and then there's this apparently a week from now uh we're getting a big announcement Uh, from the former president.
4: The former president had teased a potential third run for the White House while he was campaigning in Iowa last week. I will very, very, very probably do it again, okay? (laughs) And then, just hours before the midterm elections, while he was at a rally to back Senate candidate J.D. Vance in Ohio, Trump put everything on hold till next week. I'm going to be making a very big announcement on Tuesday... November 15 at Mar-a-Lago. He said he didn't want to detract from the importance of the midterms. Till Nato, Fox News. They cut
2: it off before he could say Florida.
1: <laughs> what is it? Number one, what is the deal with that music? Uh, number two, num- number two. There was some people who were reporting that he was just going to do it last night. That he he was ready to do it and he almost did he must I think he probably had people talk him out of it doing it last night. I'm not sure what the political implications on the midterm of that would have been exactly. Uh but uh yeah. So looks like we're jumping right back into the fun a week from now when uh Trump will likely say he is a candidate for president. And yeah. And then and the, I mean, I'll be interested to see how Republicans respond to the I mean the the Desantis Trump fight is coming. Mm-hmm. It, if it's not already here, we're two uh, years used out from that election. Two. This is about the time, though. Yeah. Once the midterms are over, start you start jumping in. Uh, and then the, uh, the Powerball drama, which we talked about at the beginning of the show. No Powerball drawing last night. Why? Let's find out.
3: The drawing, scheduled for Monday night for a jackpot worth about $1.9 billion, hasn't taken place yet. Because one of the participating states, they won't say which one, has not met all of the required security protocols in closing out ticket sales. The drawing cannot take place until all of those protocols are met, Powerball now says the drawing will take place later today under the supervision of lottery security officials and independent auditors. Video of the drawing will be posted on the Powerball website and its YouTube channel. Jack Callahan, Fox News.
1: And the speculation has been rampant on social media about exactly what's going on here.
4: The Twitterverse exploded with all kinds of theories, accusations, and comic relief after Powerball delayed the drawing for the estimated $1.9 billion jackpot. People shared their suspicions about the delay, like at TruthNot, posting, it can only mean one thing rigging many <laughs> tweeted powerball was hacked still others linked the delay to the election saying that couldn't be a coincidence while at and fishman noted the midterms powerball and blood moon lunar eclipse all happened at the same time but at dude on the bay probably put it best tuesday is gonna be wild carmen roberts fox news i'll
1: tell you how you know something's up when they do that drawing this morning, we find out a little bit later, Vladimir Putin won. Yeah, I win! I got the ticket! Yes! No comments. <laughs> that's how you'll know 100%. That's, that, that that's when you in.
2: know it's rigged? Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> that's, I mean, that's
5: the,
1: very odd. And then last but not least... uh, <laughs> Netflix's new uh, newest idea is uh, uh, a, uh, a trivia series. a trivia yeah, they're getting into the uh, the, the game show trivia stuff.
4: A new
2: Netflix series called Triviaverse is using interactive storytelling, technology in a quiz-based format. The official synopsis reads, high score wins, challenge a friend, or beat a mysterious foe by answering random rapid-fire trivia questions on science, art, geography, and more. In the game, you'll select answers to questions using direction arrows on your remote. To answer questions in quick succession, some of the questions featured in the trailer include which chromosome is larger, in the 2012 film Battleship, what pop star plays a weapon specialist? Michelle Polino, Jeez. Fox Rihanna. News.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Sorry, is that right? I think so. That sounds kind. Okay, that sounds kind of fun. Let's play this. I would do this. All right, we'll. We we'll, uh, have to try that.
2: We're gonna play this live, like during Ticket Thursday.
1: <laughs> All right, it's six. <laughs> We're just gonna read. All right, We're everyone, pull, We're up
0: your Netflix. The Netflix. pull up your. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, 710 on a Tuesday morning, Election Day. Joe Jordan joins us now, News Channel Nebraska. Long day of uh, coverage for him, of course, with NCN. And he's uh, kind enough to give us a few minutes here this morning as we are... Era. Less than an hour from the polls opening in the state of Nebraska. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. We finally made it. We did it. <laughs> I did. I didn't. I wondered if this day would ever come, but it has. Unbelievably.
6: Well, unfortunately, I think for the state of Nebraska, election day is election day. For many other states, yeah. we're not going to know for a while. I mean, yeah. we may not know the Senate thing you know, so sometime in December, <laughs> right. I mean, Georgia, Georgia could go to, I mean, it, it could oh, be deadlock, you know, Georgia could go to a, a runoff. That's four weeks from now. And then, and then, if that's still tight, it could be a couple weeks when they vote, when they count all their provisional ballots, this could be—you know—it could be almost Christmas time before we know who, who, <laughs> who good, has control of the Senate.
1: That's a good point. There's a there's a very high likelihood that when we, when we sign off tonight on KLI and with our coverage and and you do as well that the that Senate question in particular is remains unanswered. Uh, I think Arizona is the same way, and they've got a t- tight Senate race too, uh, where they've got—I well, don't know—I don't know what the how is it. How how in the heck is it, Joe, that some that Nebraska will be completely countered and done, uh, but by, probably by the time we go to bed? But these other states, you know, and, and I get it. There might be a runoff in Georgia, but these other states, it just won't happen. It's just it's bizarre that it works in some states and it just doesn't in others.
6: Well, and and the reality is that except for on the on the federal level, the the, the Vargas Bacon race, uh, I presume we're going to know. The outcome of that tonight uh, could it could it get so close that the, the provisional ballots would matter? Yes, I don't anticipate that, but I'm certainly not saying it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, the majority of the races in this state, you know, are kind That's of lopsided. True. That's and true. So we, we know we know when we go to bed who won and who lost.
1: Yeah. When was the last time there was a, a statewide race that really was like uh, down to the wire? I don't. I don't even. I'm sure there has been something. I
6: think it was. I think it was. Uh, well, on the Democratic primary side, uh, Bill Hopner and uh, uh, eventual Governor um, Ben Nelson yeah. in that primary back in 1990. Jeez. Uh, and then Nelson only beat K.O.R. by a slim number of votes. And I think, we, I think we knew the outcome of that that night, but it might have been at 1 o'clock in the morning before we actually knew.
1: Man, they
6: gave s- him the nickname landslide Ben to some people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a different, uh, boy, it's, uh, it's, it's still incredible yeah. that, a, that a Democrat was uh, winning a gubernatorial race in Nebraska, you know, in our lifetimes. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah. but nonetheless, what is the la- latest on, the, on that Bacon Vargas uh, race? I know, you know, the national pundits say uh, it's um, somewhere between leaning Republican and, and safe Republican there. How does it feel on the ground?
6: That's kind of how it feels. The The commercials have been nonstop. So neither side, you know, it, so, sometimes in these races, you'll see the Democrats it, it, towards the end, they sort of let they, they kind of give up a little bit. But there's been no giving up. I mean, they whatever they decided to spend, they spent. And the commercials have been on both sides, not, relentless, endless. And um, so, so the Democrats still think they've got a shot at this. I don't discount that. I do think it's leaning because of all the, the, the headwinds that everybody's talked about nationally on the economy and gas prices and which have actually kind of gone down actually in parts of Nebraska for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Not not to where they were a year ago, but they're still they headed south a little bit. Uh but inflation obviously. Uh the Democrats have pushed the abortion issue as hard as I've ever seen them push it against on Bacon. Uh will it will it counter the economy issues? Probably not, but uh, that's not for me to say. I mean, that's what that's why we have these votes, and and um, yeah, I mean, if I'm betting, I'm probably betting Bacon's going to win, but I'm not betting a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, Vargas could pull this off; it's it's not going to be easy, but he could.
1: Yeah. Um, and then you know you've got this gubernatorial race, and I'm I'm doing election coverage uh, tonight, and we got we're going to do two hours uh, of this tonight, and I don't really know what I'm going to say. Uh, that is interesting to anyone about the gubernatorial race, Joe. I mean, well,
6: one one thing that's kind of under the radar, Jack, and I don't think not that I think it's going to make a difference in the outcome per se. I mean, I think we all kind of believe that the likely winner, um, you know, is 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 Mr. Pellin over over state Senator Carol Blood. But there's a there's a third person running a write in campaign, Bob mm-hmm. Uh He's a, an election denier. He's running a writing campaign for governor. He's, he's I've seen up in our area in Omaha, a couple of, you know, innocuous, almost innocuous yard signs, you know, saying. There's a few here, proof. too. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he's going to get a lot of votes. But in the primary, he ran for secretary of state. And in the primary, Bob Evnon got re got renominated with 98,000 votes. Bob bohr got 72,000 votes against Bob Evnon. I mean. There was a third person in that race who was also, as I understand it, an election denier, and he got, I think he got over 50,000 votes. So combined, Bob Boer and this other candidate, I think his name was Schneider, he, they got more votes than Bob Evin in, in the primary. But Evin survived, and, and now he has really no you know, opponent in, in his race. But Bob Boer is running this writing campaign for governor. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, usually writings might get 1% or 2%. But if he got five or six percent, and maybe he does, because he got at least his name among the seventy-two thousand people who voted for him in the primary, they kind of know who he is. They may not know he's running a writing campaign for governor. They actually have to put his name on the ballot. That gets difficult. But if he got five or six percent, that's probably five or six percent that didn't go to Jim Pillen. Mm-hmm. So instead of a sixty, you know, these Republican wins over Democrats over the past, you know, several years. Several elections have been 60, 40 races. So that might bring Pillen down to like 54, 55 percent. OK, so he still wins. But it does take away his mandate. It does take away his authority to say, I, you know, I got steamrolled across the state. So that that write in campaign by Bob Bohr, who most people in the state don't even have a clue who he is, could have some effect on Pillin jumping into the governor's office with some with this mandate that I think he that I think he thinks he's going to get. Uh it may not be the mandate that he that he that he actually hopes for in the end
1: yeah that would uh and it's interesting because as a writing candidate, you don't. You know, not, it's not like you'll see his name in the results either. Uh, Caleb and I were, were talking about this. We uh we would we would love to see all write in votes published in the results. Wouldn't that be fascinating? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, I mean, come on. I th- I feel like we should be able to get to uh, get to see the all the write in votes. But that uh, okay, that is one one interesting. Good. I'll will jot that down for my uh, prep list for for the eight o'clock hour for something to really look closely at when those uh, when those results come out. And uh, I was thinking this earlier, and then I see you you had you had mentioned this too uh this very well could be the last election that uh any of us vote in here in Nebraska that is not where we won't need an ID to actually vote um and that's i, I mean i i still am kind of of the belief that that's very likely to pass uh but yeah that could be very well be the case here
6: i think that yeah and i i presume that's going to be the case i mean all the polling has always indicated that it's that it's highly popular and that it, that it will pass and then the real question i think as you know it's the state legislature that is going to decide these rules in right. January, and 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 decide you know what what is a valid photographic ID. How did what does that mean? Uh, if if you can't afford one, will one be provided you free by the state, or won't it? Or we have, we have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. All those all those very you know devil into detail items are going to be determined by a by a legislature that you know. We don't know what this legislature is going to look like. There's there's a, a half a dozen, maybe almost 10 races, legislative races that are, that are that A lot of the insiders in these districts think are pretty, pretty darn close and almost too, wow. too hard to tell. Um, so, you know, right now it's there's 32. Uh, well, there's yeah, there's 32 Republicans. There's 17 Democrats. Uh, and then, you know, there's the McAllister Republican who's kind of like a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, he's tar- he's term limited out. He's not running. So it's basically, you know, 32 17, uh, seventeen, which gives the Democrats right now enough hold to, 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 to filibuster when they when they want to, as long as they can hold their ranks. Uh, how much is that going to change? Is it going to be thirty three, thirty four, thirty five? I don't know. Um, and then if, if the Republicans get to thirty four or thirty five, how how deep are those two or three last Republicans, are they are they going you know, to pull the party line throughout or are they not? Mm-hmm. That next session of the legislature is going to be very interesting to see how this thing plays out.
5: Yeah,
1: and I said it at the outset of the show today, that's, you know, those... Those races and, you know, there's not as many interactive maps, you know, like there are with the with the balance of power, of the Senate and the House. But that's probably the one that is going to have the most direct and quick impact on policy uh, affecting Nebraskans who are who are voting uh, Without because a doubt. In, Without in in a doubt. weeks that in weeks, you're going to start seeing the impacts of that.
0: Um, and the
6: other thing is, you know, State Senator Carol Blood, she's assuming she doesn't win. She'll be back in the legislature.
0: That's uh, true. It, yeah. It'll
6: be interesting to see what role she she takes on. Is she going to be sort of like a party leader, mm-hmm. uh, you know, challenging the Pillan administration throughout? Uh, it'll be curious because she has two years left and mm-hmm. then she's out as a state senator. So it'll be curious to see how her role Uh, Plays out in the the coming months in the legislature.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, The other the other thing I I, uh, Find interesting just slightly outside of Nebraska, but North Dakota South Dakota and Missouri all have record among other states All have recreational marijuana on the ballot now, Nebraska Obviously, we we've talked plenty about the medicinal marijuana uh, Process and it not getting on the ballot. How much does that change things? Do you think if you've got two border states? added to um to uh, around nebraska that could have recreational marijuana um legalized here after tonight is over not only not only from the kind of the political prospects of it having in nebraska but just from uh i mean we all remember when colorado first legalized it and all the conversations about western nebraska and, and the state patrol and everything like that just how significant could that be for nebraska if those two states particularly missouri and south south dakota end up approving it
6: well i think it I think it does matter uh i mean with and, and the flip side you know is it, it's still against the law the federal law <laughs> it's still right. federally you know although, marijuana is although still, Biden I, has said
1: he wants that it, scheduling changed yeah uh, yes
6: and 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 could he get could could that happen if he has if there's a republican house and a republican Senate yeah, or even if a republican not. house can they block it yeah. probably could if they wanted to um but back to your original question. I mean, I think I've I've always thought, and I don't know how how long I've always thought it's just a matter of time. And the first step, I presume, is going to be medicinal use of marijuana, and then recreational. But but it, I also foresee a, 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 in the in the next two years, I foresee this campaign being you know in effect for all out recreational marijuana. Because then those that are that are that began with the idea of medicinal marijuana, they will have. Plenty of money coming into the state for those petition drives to get more than enough signatures to get it on the ballot. And I've always believed that that once it's on the ballot, especially—I mean, how many states have it now? I mean, it's just growing and growing and growing. Caleb,
1: you counted a little while ago. How many states did you say had uh, fully legalized? I counted nineteen. Nineteen and five on the—I think five on the ballot today. mm Hmm. Yeah.
6: And I think there's another 20 that were were for I think medicinal is over is over 30 or 35. Yeah.
1: Yeah, now. that that
2: doesn't include the ones that are just medicinal right. yeah. or just decriminalized. Right. Yeah. So I
6: so it's I mean it, it seems like it's just a matter of time and the question is how long but I again I think that the, the I think the next push in Nebraska is going to be for recreational and medicinal and then those folks Get plenty of money coming into the state because the the, the recreational folks will will push that reason really because they hard. can make money on it, right? Exactly, <laughs> because there's more exactly.
1: there's more earning exactly. potential that goes along yes. with that. Right.
6: Uh, last question, I
1: guess I'm I, I'm curious. I know this is a little bit more of a national one, but interested in in kind of your experience on this and and thoughts on this. What, how big of a difference would it be if uh, you've got both houses um, uh, in at the federal level, Senate and and House? uh majority republican versus split if the let's say the democrats keep the senate and the republicans keep the house when you've got a, a democratic president uh for the next you know for the next 2 years at least is that is that a significant difference if the republican the republicans get both of those those uh those houses i mean it still sounds like a lot of gridlock to me
6: oh it it, it absolutely is a lot of gridlock i mean it, it, the biden administration pretty much grinds to a halt uh, if the House and Senate both go uh, re- Republican yeah. and, you know, there's there, you know, there is a there is a sense in this country that, 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 that people actually like it. I mean, they 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 elect a president every four years. And oftentimes, as we've seen, when that person goes in the first time, they they, they get right. their house and the Senate goes with them. And then two years later, you know, everybody's mad for a variety of reasons. Uh, and then the House or the Senate flips, and, uh, and now we've got divided government. And then everybody kind of takes a deep breath and says, "Okay, we got checks and balances in the, in, you know, between the House and the Senate and the White House now, so we're all everything's nice and and calm." But you're going to have two years. It, it's going to be two years of, 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 like I said, the Biden administration grinding to a halt. You may see more executive orders coming out of uh, the administration. Uh, hard to say. I mean, plus you're going to have. You know, you're going to have a presidential campaign. I mean, it starts Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, in some some respects, it's already started. He's going to
1: to announce on Tuesday. Trump's going to announce on Tuesday. It sounds like so.
6: Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it's it's so you know we're off and running. With you're going to have a presidential campaign. You're going to have you know new House, possibly (laughs) a new Senate. Uh, I don't see government doing much for the next couple of years. To be honest with you. Some people will say that's a good thing. Some people will say it's a bad thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, looking forward to your coverage tonight. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah. Have a good uh, rest of your day and look uh, look forward to seeing uh, what the state, what the uh, Congress, what the Senate looks like when we talk again, to the legislature as well, next Tuesday. All right. Take care, Joe. Joe Jordan.
0: News Channel Nebraska on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for The Daily at KLIN.com. All right, let's get started with... Number five.
3: Polls open at 8. They'll continue to stay open until 8 tonight. Then we'll have live coverage of election results. Lancaster County Election Commissioner Dave Shively predicting 110 to maybe 115,000 voters in the county. That would be about 55%. Voters have uh, at least three things on the ballot to consider. Uh, Two, uh, voter... uh, ballot initiatives uh minimum wage and voter id the unicameral put on the airport uh thing that we've been reporting uh, jim pillen that's true yeah that uh, that's one that i haven't mentioned yet today thank you for yep. mentioning that one jim pillen uh favorite to become the next governor of the state and then of course we're looking at congressional elections here in the first district uh at uh, patty panzing brooks and mike Blood squaring off again yep and uh Tony Vargas, Don Bacon in the 2nd District, and Congressman for Life Forever, Adrian Smith, expected to retain that (laughs) seat.
1: Continue uh, continue his life there? Yes. Um, Yeah, I've got the sample ballot up, and I realize that the sample ballot is not, it's got everything. Like, your ballot will not look like the sample ballot. But nonetheless, Mark, this is going to be... For for a lot of people, this is the last few elections you've been able to go in and go boop 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 and be done pretty quickly. This one could this one could take a little a little while longer because you've got you've got things you've got county offices that are up right. You've got in Lancaster County, county sheriff, county treasurer, uh, uh, Tracy Reifer, Rachel Garver. We haven't talked a ton about that one. County attorney, one we have talked a ton about that one. Uh, Public defender that's up there. Clerk of County Court, uh, clerk of District Court. I should see those are all up here. Um, And then you got your legislative races. You got the judges that are up. You got the Lower Platte South NRD. Um, You got the uh, Board of Education, uh, the SU Board of of Education. A lot of these are on a post here on that one. Uh, Depending on where you're voting in the listing area, these are some of the things. And then some of the villages have Board of Trustee votes, Raymond and Roca and Panama and and Davey and Denton, and there there are things up there. So I, I would encourage... I would encourage you because I'm doing it right now. Um, not because I'm doing it right now, but go to the uh, Lancaster County uh, 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 Dave Shively's webpage, election, Lancaster uh, the County election, election commissioner. You can pull up that and and just take a look beforehand because <laughs> there could be there a, probably will be some. The probably for the average citizen, myself included, uh, there are going to be races there that you didn't even realize you were going to need to make a choice. Could be
3: on. as many as 35 on a single ballot. Is that right? 35. Yeah. All right. Depending on where you are and. Yes. Depending on, yeah, all the, the di-
1: different, you know, towns, legislative districts, uh, educational service units, all those sorts of things.
3: Number four. The big question in the national election, of course, balance in the Senate and the House of Representatives. Uh, most conventional summaries so far house will switch to republican still too close to call on the senate
1: and the interesting thing on the senate mark is there is absolutely a scenario maybe a likely scenario where we don't know anytime soon who's got control of the senate because georgia if neither candidate uh gets over 50 percent of the vote they have a runoff they have a runoff in i believe in a month they do that
3: yeah, it could be it could be December 6. six.
1: December 6 is when that would happen. And then because it's Georgia, that will be challenged and that will be, you know, fought the about. The challenges will get challenged. Then you'll get the challenges. I believe last year Caleb and I were trying to figure this out and I know there's going to be somebody in our listening audience who who knows this right off the bat, but wasn't why was Warnock up? Was there a special election in Georgia last year that got him in the Senate uh in I guess would have been 2 years ago, 2020? Yeah, there was Why, a, What? What was, was that, that?
3: With wasn't there a? Uh, is that
1: about Sonny Perdue or was what not was Sonny
3: Perdue his brother da- or Dave cousin G- David Perdue? I believe resigned because of health issues. Okay, or, is that what it was? I because
1: I remember that came down that the declaration of a of a winner and that came down on and that was a late election too. That came down on January sixth, as I recall. While all this while all this stuff was happening on on January sixth, but that just tells you the timeline. And and Mark, as you and I were talking about earlier, you throw Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and uh, which one am I forgetting? Uh, Georgia and Nevada, and you know whichever really, would, if somebody gets three out of four of those, the, they're probably going to have the the majority. But you can certainly see a scenario where somebody gets it's two to one, one to two in those four, and you got the Georgia one still waiting. Uh, and frankly. The way things are going in Arizona, that that Arizona one, we probably won't know at the end of the night either. So, I mean, there's almost the uh, way I see it, there's almost no chance you have an answer on the Senate by the end of the night.
3: tonight. No, I think even uh, Pennsylvania. I think Pennsylvania is the state where they cannot even open oh, ballots, right. mail in ballots. Oh well, God, we're not going to know the outcome of any of the uh, of any of these that matter. The close ones, no. <laughs> we there's okay. I would be
1: shocked then if we have any idea when we go to bed tonight. Who has control of the Senate? And I, I think there's an outside chance you don't know until after Christmas.
3: The only thing I think you might know is whether there, how big a wave there is, or how how well Democrats. You know, you are, could know in the the House might be a yeah, little bit of a harbinger, but, but, but you might have a, a sense of how right. far the country is, either stayed or gone. Right. But whether that
1: will conti- whether that trend will you know show itself in one race that's incredibly tight, who knows? Right. In in an individual state. Um. Yeah. So. So. Those are. And then. And then. Well, got a lot of gubernatorial races too. I was. I was looking. Uh, Mark. What, uh, Kansas. And yeah. Just. We obviously have talked about Nebraska's, but uh, Kansas has one where they've got a Democrat who's uh, the incumbent there, and I don't know if uh, does she have a chance of being unseated in that one
3: in Kansas. No, I. I haven't followed that yeah. race. Yeah, I was I, so surprised that she won in the first place. But.
1: We'll uh, we'll we'll see. And then there's a house race in Iowa that's going to get some national attention too, because it's one of those toss-up ones. And then you got medical marijuana. If you're talking regionally, Missouri, South Dakota, North Dakota, among the states that are looking not medical, uh, recreational. recreational, recreational marijuana, full legalization. Um, fast, a, which it's fascinating that those have a shot. At passing in you know in a in a state like South Dakota or North the one, Dakota
3: the one uh, election in our friends to the east that pretty well wrapped up already is Chuck Grassley he's going back to the Senate probably uh, what eighty some say he's it could good. be an 80-20. he's just uh, just starting to hit his stride isn't he <laughs> he'll be if he's he, just if, getting going assuming he wins he'll be well into his nineties if he lasts out the term jeez that's good as long as he keeps tweeting about the history channel
1: not showing enough actual history all
2: right i know we've got age minimums
1: to run for some of these offices oh, are boy. we
2: working on some age maximums? oh boy
1: be careful i'd be ca- we're gonna be careful we're gonna rule out our entire 2024 election if you're not careful
2: okay yeah if you put it at
1: 70 <laughs> well, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, no. I'm thinking let's start it at like 90 no, here okay.
3: guys <laughs> Hmm. Oh man, I may have to reconsider I, that. I <laughs> saw
1: when I lived in DC I came across I don't know how old he was then I should do the math, math but I saw Strom Thurmond when I was up there on on Capitol Hill and I don't know where he was age-wise
3: but I was on a uh, was, uh, telephone bank panel years and years ago and sat next to Senator S.I. Hayakawa when he was about 390 years old. <laughs> and he fell asleep on the phone and kind l- of slouched over and I was holding him up shoulder to shoulder. Oh my
1: gosh, John Thurman was in the Senate for from 54 to 2003. He was born in 1902. I saw him in 2000 when I lived there. So at that point, he was 98 years old. My gosh, I had forgotten about that. Holy cow! All right, moving on.
3: Number three, former President Trump at a rally last night uh, in Ohio says he's got a big, 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 big announcement Tuesday, November 15th at Mar a Lago.
1: It's very, 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 probably, probably, very good chance that he's gonna make on Tuesday. What do you think it
3: is? Uh, that that uh, he's going to uh, sell Mar-a-Lago and move to Key West. Uh,
1: so, assuming he's getting in the race, and now, and now this begins because you know, you know who's going to be uh, the target of of at least a portion of that speech is the current governor of Florida, and now the division begins in the uh, Republican primary for twenty twenty four. Team Desantis versus Team Trump. It'll be fascinating. Is Trump just going to end Desantis's political career oh, no. right here and now? No. I mean, he's done no. it with a whole bunch of other people. Why is this going to be any different? Uh, I mean, not. I guess you could say that, or, or have him eventually capitulate to him, like the Ted Cruz's of the world and, and, and Rubio. Rubio's and
3: all of those. Uh, be interesting all to all those see those if he ones. does run, who would be selected as a running mate? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Ben says, What if the announcement is a Trump signature, my pillow?
1: <laughs> Special code.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, all right, moving on.
0: Number
3: two. Now the Powerball uh, run by the Multistate Lottery Association. The delay yesterday. Likely that the official results won't be known until later today. Uh, $1.9 billion, but Powerball uh, made a statement to Associated Press about an hour ago that said, Powerball requires all 48 participating lotteries to submit their sales and play data prior to the winning numbers being selected. Okay. Once Powerball receives the outstanding submission, the drawing can proceed. So they didn't get the data from one of the states. That's... That, no, somebody didn't send an email they were supposed to send. I think it's probably a little more than... <laughs> it, it would. Uh, they, I imagine they have to balance out their sales and tickets and have all that... You know, secure. But I'm just picturing cemented. one state had the attachment already, and
1: then something happened, and they left it in the drafts folder. Who hasn't done that? And then We're like, I-, I sent you that email, and they're like, I never got it. And then you go back, and you're like, Oh man, I never pressed. And it's send. just sitting there. I've done. Oh, I hate that. And then I and then I send it, and I'm like, Well, I guess I'll just resend it
3: then. Well, if it's uh, actually uh, <laughs> does take place, they'll uh, record the drawing and then post it to their website and their YouTube channel.
2: What they should do is they should sell the recording as an NFT.
3: No, my favorite thing about this is you should
1: take stories about this and uh, counting ballots tonight and just read one sentence from them
3: and uh, play the game election or Powerball. Which is it? I got one note this morning from somebody who will remain unknown. They said... They, they they had heard word that it may be that uh, it, the submission was made on Hunter Biden's laptop, and it's the Delaware numbers that are not coming in because they're now in oh China. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, all this Nothing. conspiracy theories and all of that, and all the jokes are starting. All right, moving on. Number one. Uh, pretty good basketball uh, by the Huskers. Yeah.
1: W for the men. I don't know. I mean... It wasn't a pretty win, and Maine is not a good team. But you know,
2: here are the positives to take from. Please, you saw you saw Tomanaga actually make shots. That was and go nice. On a run. I
1: got excited about that.
2: So, so that's something that you really missed from him a year ago. You're like he was brought in as a sharpshooter. Um, you got Sam Greasel's debut as an actual regular season Husker, um, and he looked good too. Like he. Yeah, when, I thought When, so when some too. stuff started to get tough late in the second half, you went, okay, this is the... Not that the other guys aren't, but here here's the, the way to phrase it. Here's the adult in the room. Here's the person saying, I got this, and here's what we're going to do. A lot of leadership coming from him for someone who just transferred in. You also had the stretch in the second half where... Maine could not miss, and Nebraska got punched in the mouth, and then they had to go blow for blow for over five minutes, and Nebraska stayed there, Mm -hmm. and then was able to regain control and and, and take it the rest of the way. So it was nice to see Nebraska face that adversity. Yes, we can realize who the opponent is, but this Nebraska team did something that they really didn't do last year, even against, say, a Western Illinois, or other- That's true. Or other non-Power that's 5
1: Kyle, yeah, didn't, teams. last year, did you have a few of those losses? Yes. In the non-conference game? Now, Maine, 351st in the Ken Palm rankings, if you give that any. So that's the uh, 13th worst team in the nation. Yes. But, again, you make a good point. Last year, I went to that Western Illinois game, excited about the season, and that was unbelievably deflating.
2: I would rather beat a team who's 300-whatever in that ranking than lose to a team that's in the top 80 because you, sh- you won. Now, on the women's side, <laughs> triple digits, 100 points, <laughs> sent Omaha home real quick. Oh, my gosh.
1: That was, every, I, wa- every I watched a little bit Every player for
2: Nebraska that stepped on the floor made a 3 Zero of them shot a free throw.
1: I had to, that was a weird box score. No,
2: that Maddie I, Kroll comes in. Awesome to get her back oh, in Nebraska. God.
1: It felt like a volleyball game. <laughs> Just over <laughs> women's sports at Nebraska. You can always count on. Uh, I watched a little bit and I got a little uh, Cody and Greece over on B one hundred seven. Gotta check in with Cody and Greece. Yes, love those guys. All right, that is it for your morning drive. It is brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. And uh, again, if you win the Powerball ticket.
2: Probably get a hold of them
1: Stonebridge that. Insurance and Wealth Management. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. 7.55 <laughs> LNK Today with Jack and
0: Friends on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1,499.3 KLIN But first <laughs> fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. It's Mariah time on LNK
1: Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. That it means it's time for fantasy Huskers keywords. You can play the game. You can get a draft pick. You can have a little added uh, skin in the game. Legal skin in the game, I should point out. For Nebraska and Michigan, by guessing how many points uh, Nebraska is able to hold, mi- that's how I'm going to say it from now on. How many points is Nebraska going to hold Michigan to? Okay, that's a well, how, uh, that's a very positive. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for
2: a glass half full uh, way to talk about this. So well, I'm, earlier Shane got in the competition and he said seventy. Okay,
0: <laughs> no. He how didn't. do you feel
2: now? He did not. How do you are feel these now? picks?
1: I don't think they're even trying to win the game. I think they're trying to make statements more than win the game. All right, Shane. Thanks for your pick. If you want to use your pick, however you want to,
2: yeah. Where's that optimism now? Make huh? a
1: statement. He thinks <laughs> he thinks Nebraska will hold Michigan to seventy. Uh, you can text the uh, following keyword into us: election. Election, E L E C T I O N. Text that in, and you can make a pick. And again, I would recommend you know you can do what you want. I'd recommend picking something that gives you the best shot at uh, winning the pizza from Valentino's and the gear from Alumni Hall. You know the range of I don't know. I think twenty to forty is probably. I'm still trying
2: to coordinate people 20 to, to pick. Five. Exactly fifty and exactly fifty one because of Maxi Fry taking fifty and a half. Because
1: somebody took fifty and a half and you allowed it. It's been a weird fantasy house. Yeah, course. I'm gonna allow it. It's been a weird season. All right. Uh <laughs> with that we say hello to uh Jason Ballington yeah. Chamber of Commerce who joins us right now. Good morning,
5: Jason. How are you doing today? Good. I missed my shot to be the first person to pick a half point in this. Oh, yeah, you that's, did. That's innovation in radio. I don't right think there. it's good strategy, actually. I'm
1: not sure why. <laughs> it actually just takes away your chance to hit it on the nose, But uh, in, unless there's some new scoring a- approved before the uh, time the game gets started. Uh, good to have you. How you been? I'm oh, good. 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 Very good. Uh, we are going to talk about a uh, topic that people have been demanding I get into, yes. and they're getting taxed constantly. Jack, when are you going to talk about uh, storm? water drainage and i'm like hold on hold on that we don't need to fire i don't need pitchforks and torches and to set this city on fire this has been a busy enough week already here at this station so um so uh today we are going to do that though uh jason and I'm, i'm sorry about kidding about this it's an important it is a very truly significant important and maybe interesting issue as well uh yeah. but evidently so as as much as i understand is is that there's a uh a, a proposal that's going in front of the planning commission yep. involving stormwater drainage that's about what i know yep, yep. F- tell me tell me more of the details here
5: so this all this all dates back to what we're seeing in changing rain patterns in the area and uh, this was a climate study uh, that was based on uh, the NOAA National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Atlas 14 data, and I want to state right up front: I am not questioning this data. No one is in the business community. We're we're not we're not calling that into question. Okay. But the real the real thing comes up with this is that uh, we did a resiliency study in the Salt Creek watershed. And that, that information for, for areas in the Salt Creek watershed came back and said because of changing rain patterns in the Salt Creek watershed, our floodplain, where there is existing floodplain mapped out, would probably need to be increased by about somewhere between 5 to 12 inches. They gave a range, okay. and, and and a whole foot was, was the, the largest top end of that. And so, uh, we, you know, a new standard began to get developed for planning purposes and for, for building codes and things like that. And what's being brought forward to the planning commission here on November 16th is, is taking that one foot top end Salt Creek, uh, standard, but it's applying it across the entire city. And so not just the Salt Creek watershed. And for, and for folks that are listening to this saying, well, what does that matter? There are many watersheds in the city. There, there are other areas where we did not expect that the um, uh, changing rainfall data would, would indicate that you would need to raise the floodplain by that much. There are plausibly other areas due to topography and, and the slope of, of hills and valleys that it at the top end of that rainfall uh, data, you might need to actually raise it more than uh, the foot. Mm-hmm. And so we've taken one one limited area of town and trying to apply a standard across the whole area of town. And so the Chamber's been working with a consortium of, of business leaders. This is what we do. We convene people, uh, get them together, and, and we're, we're trying to form a, a good effort to determine, you know, is there a better way to approach this? Because as dry and as boring as I know all this sounds, mm-hmm. it has a direct and important impact on where you can build what elevation you have to build sites up to before you can put a house or a building up, and even it has impacts for homeowners that are uh, in or adjacent to, to floodplains now. So it's going to have some real impacts on business in the so community.
1: Re- just, re- just so I understand, though, the, the, practical, the, the practical explanation of this is the ground in these areas to build on it has to be higher. Yeah, right. is that is that what you're saying yep and just, we already so have I to understand.
5: raise yeah we already have to raise it up uh, uh depending on what area of, of the city it's in okay you already have to build your pad site up mm-hmm. this will this will cause new development to need to build that up higher or possibly be unable to build on uh on ground that's just not able to be be raised up to get the topography to look right mm-hmm. um so we may lose areas for development in the community as well um that the the consortium is really focused on the other, the other component to this is we have not done in our view uh, an adequate cost benefit study of what are what are the impacts going to be economically we would also like to study by extension what upstream mitigation efforts can we can we look at so think about uh uh berms uh, limited damming, um, even even designing fields uh, that are in agriculture areas. So if there is an uh, abnormal hundred-year rain event that it, it floods the field, but it doesn't flood into mm-hmm. into the city or into uh, uh, building areas. And mm-hmm. so it's it's complicated. We've got uh, one of our team members, Todd Wilchin, has just been doing all the deep dive on all the details on this. Um, but it's it's an important important standard, and and we're going to be expressing some different opinions uh, given. Uh, what's being brought forward to the planning commission on on wednesday because it really is going to have an impact on the community yeah,
1: I'm, yeah, obviously the thought is that the, the the thought on your side of it is that the cost um is greater than the risk is I, I don't want to put words in your mouth but how big is i mean i don't know i'm not asking for a number here but just so people on like how big is that cost why is this so difficult to conform to and i know you sort of have answered that but i'm Mm -hmm. just trying to completely get my mind around that
5: yeah no that's a great question jack the cost would be very large if we were to go in and and say say build up upstream mitigation areas so so we don't have to have this the uh increase of the additional 12 inches across the whole city you know if we were to build in upstream mitigation that would be really expensive and i don't know what the cost is that's part of what we want to study let's let's understand what we're we're giving up and in opportunity cost uh for future development opportunities here
1: right but uh, but i I, but i wondered about the real like how do you evaluate the real cost of having to raise (laughs) raise things up a foot i mean i think that's what i'm i'm particularly interested in, in in kind of evaluating this thing
5: engineers have models for that Right. Yeah. Okay. So we, we would be hiring a firm, uh, third party firm to, to go in and, and say, okay, across, across the whole city, if we applied the standard, what would that look like? Are there alternatives? Yeah,
1: and, and, yeah. Uh, and I'm just, and, and these are legit just questions for me to try and understand yeah. the issue, but like the, the, so this isn't, isn't this a deal? Can you just get a a, a bulldozer out there and add a a foot on to the place you want to build of dirt? Or is it, is that not what it is exactly? In in some
5: cases, you can. Okay. Right. And and again, we do this on pad sites now pretty frequently, but we're talking about adding an additional foot over and above what we have been adding already Mm -hmm. uh, uh, due to floodplain criteria. Um, and then that adds cost to projects. Um, and and then this will have for uh, certain homes that are located in, in potential flood prone areas this is going to have impacts on on what you're able to do for refurbishment of that home as well so it's got infill in so is the solu-
1: is, is the solution the mitigation
5: th- uh, efforts or is it just not applying the standard all the way across the city Well what we're asking for is let's make a more robustly informed approach to this. So we're, we're proposing do the cost-benefit study. We want to know what upstream uh, structural solutions might look like. Uh, do interim floodplain maps um, using the best available data. Uh, the floodplain maps really do need to be updated in light of this new Atlas 14 information that they have um and then we need to identify other funding models that we can we can work with say the state of Nebraska there are federal grants all of those things need to happen and and we want to proceed with this consortium working with the city and with partners in the development community to make sure we're making fully informed and, and I think adequately nuanced, uh, decisions about where floodplain criteria need to change. Mm. Again, for the average person out there, this is never going to come up in your life, but just know it's going to have some great impacts on where we can build in the future, how we need to build in the future, um, and, and, uh, existing housing is is another component where there's going to be some potential impacts. Does so the state.
1: NOAA think it's going to rain more here, or it is raining more here? Well, is that part of it? So
5: or? yeah, that's a nuanced conversation too. The the data, and I am not an expert in this, but the data, as I understand it, came back and said, uh, yeah, it's going to feel more dry in Lincoln as we have experienced the summer with with. Uh, lower uh, typical frequency of yeah, rainfall
1: but, like it never rains here
5: <laughs> but when we do get rain the storm that's going to come down is going to drop more rain onto the area and mm-hmm. that's where the flooding concern comes yeah. in so we're not getting several smaller rains of one and two inches here and there we're getting large rain events that are coming in with much higher rainfall totals uh, that are causing the flooding because it's all hitting at yeah. once and can't drain out of the uh, out of the drainage. The
1: most area. notable time that happened for Lincolnites was in two two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Um, and that was boy, I remember covering that. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, they were on the verge of doing residential evacuations in, in part of parts of West Lincoln. Thankfully, we haven't seen anything like that since then. But yeah. that spring of twenty fifteen was crazy.
5: Yeah. Uh, how we how we had that.
1: So that goes in front of uh, the, uh, the what planning commission planning plan commission on Wednesday so?
5: the sixteenth. I believe believe. And, okay. then, and then it will eventually come towards the the city council okay and uh it, you know the, again the business community is just just concerned about this we want to make make sure that we're we're making fully informed robustly nuanced uh policy that's going to be a better basis for moving forward
1: um Ruka, got a couple of minutes left why don't you tell us about the uh, women in business event that you've got coming up here
5: oh yeah i'm so excited for for thursday so this is our first women in business event that we have been able to have since uh 2019 we skipped mm-hmm. it in 2020 and 2021 because of covid so we are back uh it is uh going going to feature uh uh Sorry, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, So Morgan Shara Parker uh, Mm -hmm. is the first female vice president of communications at at Atlanta Falcons and is now their president and COO uh, at the WNBA's Atlanta Dream. She is a UNL cool. alum from ninety-nine, has worked with the NFL, NCAA and Nike, uh, and interned at UNL Athletics. So we're we're excited to welcome cool. Morgan back. Uh it's gonna be about three hundred people attending here at the Cornhusker Marriott. It's gonna be a big deal. And and I just have to note, um, you know, going back to folks like Alice Dittman, uh more recently joined Martin, mm-hmm. Angie Muleheisen, yep. uh even Wendy Birdsall, my predecessor yes. in this role. Lincoln's had such a great set of um Women in, in so many prominent leadership roles. They've shaped our community, and, and uh, the business community is just happy to get back yeah. to celebrating that with those, women in the business. Those
1: names that you mentioned have had a significant impact in on this city for a lot of years. Yeah. And um, um, So, yeah, a cool event, plus a little sports marketing talk. That should be interesting. Yeah. That should be very fascinating. All right, very good. Hey, uh, appreciate your time today, Jason. Look forward to uh, checking in again with you in a couple weeks. Have a good one, all right? Thanks
5: so much, Jack. Everybody vote.
1: Yeah, there you go. Polls are now open as of 24 minutes ago in the capital city. All right, we'll take a break. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
0: Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Waking babies in the North Bottoms, and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor. But first, <laughs>
1: we've got Powerball numbers. Get your tickets out. They finally drew after some delay because of uh, state information or something. Caleb, go ahead. Get Here your tickets they are.
2: Out. Here are your Powerball numbers. 10, 33, 41, 47, 56. The Powerball, 10, and your power play is 2. Wow so there you go 10 33 41 47 56 powerball 10 power play if you
1: were buying your uh your powerball based on husker football players and you're a big uh let's see roy Halou. don't do that roy Halou, roger craig tim yonk mike stiggy uh what was the last number after 47 56 uh rob zadiska fan uh then powerball 10 and then and then jamal lord uh power play too and uh mickey joseph <laughs> <laughs> jb good morning how are you
7: doing Fired <laughs> up i have some advice to the winner yeah no load mutual fund <laughs> <laughs> there it
1: is there it is you Lock don't
7: get away <laughs> Sock it away and don't pick up the phone you do not want to speak to a salesperson until that money is locked up <laughs> in no load sales funds.
1: By the way, I feel like we need to make disclaimers now. This is not uh, right, John ba- John Baylor is not a registered financial advisor. No. So just uh, ask be aware.
7: Experts, do check this on your own. No low mutual funds are goodbye I I just wish I had more time.
1: Yeah, the uh,
7: election is upon us too soon. <laughs> I just needed <laughs> a little more time. You needed a few more
1: commercials, right?
7: Yeah. A few more yard signs, maybe. I'm trying to figure out which candidate is more evil. And so I I just stay glued to my screen, and I get a lot of evidence. And I think, okay, this one is more. now hold everything. I got to watch some more commercials because this one might be more evil.
1: <laughs> I need I need to need to see how impending the music is. Uh, yeah. That kind of yeah. stuff. It's very important. Oh, the
7: photos are very unflattering. Black
1: and white, definitely black and white. Yeah.
7: That's critical as well. Ominous um, <laughs> sounding music. And then words like evil <laughs> floating through. Yes. I uh I uh I, I I'm just hopeful we get some, some candidates who are just partially evil, like occasionally average.
1: There you go there you go we'll see Uh, it'll all be over so uh, enjoy every last second you have today hey the good news is jb if you have election fever uh i think georgia might go to a runoff in their senate race and so you'll have until december 6th for that at least then they'll take another month with lawsuits and stuff so you got you got plenty of fun coming
7: and i can get more evidence for a few more weeks which candidate is in fact more evil (laughs)
1: I think you'll have an easy time in that one, to be honest. I think,
7: it, why don't, you know, I think when they have a debate, which we don't have apparently anymore in our state, but in other states they do, it's just, just fire off the first question. Okay, make your argument. Why is the other candidate more evil than you are?
1: <laughs> oh, all right, JB, let's talk a little volleyball here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nebraska goes... Uh, 2-0 since we last spoke, although, it, uh, boy, there were a couple times where you're like, oh, boy. they're. You know what? They're doing what I asked, though. They're making it interesting, aren't they, J.B.?
7: It call me Captain Cliché. Huskers dodged a bullet. <laughs> Their backs were against the wall. The crowd was sleeping like babies. And all of a sudden, they pulled a Lazarus. They grabbed a rabbit out of a hat. Now, some of those are not clichés, but most of them are. Anyway. <laughs> 23 21 Northwestern, their reserves are starting to body bump. They're getting ready to rush the court. Their student section's getting ready to rush the court. You can just see the excitement. Like, this was going to be the, the biggest win in the history of Northwestern volleyball. Yeah. And, and I, I thought know, it was
1: over. I thought it was over.
7: It, it was. It was doggone over. And all of a sudden, Megan Miller, former Huskers, serves into the net. Ugh. And then it's 23 22. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe that. And then she's an absolute deer, but that was inopportunely timed. Meanwhile, then Lexi Rodriguez goes to the back and serves, and then they set their freshman on the right, Randorf. She fires it towards the lakefront, way out of bounds. And then it's twenty three each. And let's just say the next two points were Oscars.
1: Yeah, they were and then and, and then you got into the uh, fifth set and you had that uh, you know Nebraska out to a big lead uh-huh. and then you have that un- unfortunate injury. I was I was I I was listening on the radio while I was raking leaves actually JB so I didn't ever see it. Uh mm-hmm. but wh- what exactly for those who didn't see it or maybe don't even know about Uh-oh. it there was an injury to a Northwestern player. What happened exactly from what you could see? 9 to
7: 3 Nebraska and the attack uh went to the back middle of Northwestern, and the dig was shanked straight right. And that's where the setter plays in the back right. She chased it full speed and got to it and got the ball back. In fact, on the ensuing contact, Northwestern got it over the net. It was an amazing rescue. Unfortunately, she was going full speed and ran out of real estate. And I thought it was her rib cage. And then I heard it was her sternum just slammed into something oh. hard, whether it was the fan's knee, whether it was the left armrest of the chair which thankfully as i looked more closely doesn't have the hardest uh you know front pointed front edge but mm-hmm. still it might have been the knee i don't know what the contact point was on the other end anyway it was just full speed not looking oh. not slowing down anyway and then the fan did nothing to slow her down and i don't blame the fan but Folks, you sit in the front row. You got to be ready. You know, Mm -hmm. game five, these kids are not going to stop. They're going to go for it. Oh, gosh, it was just brutal to watch, and she did not move. Well, she instinctively sat up, and you saw this look on her face like, oh. And the word is that she just struggled breathing because she took this contact. I thought it was broken ribs, which can have a similar reaction. Yeah. Uh, But then I heard it was sternum, and then so her respiratory – Uh, system was impacted and really couldn't breathe Uh. very well. She was really breathing heavily when she was finally, you know, 12, 13 minutes later, carted off on a stretcher. It was just something no one's ever seen. I've never seen a stretcher used in a volleyball match. There's certainly plenty of collisions, but you never need a stretcher until Sunday. And, you know, the word is she's been released from the hospital up in Evanston and she is stable, but nothing more than that. I mean, this is still pretty serious but what it sounds like is that it's no longer possibly life threatening okay. thank god
1: jeez watching i mean he, now hearing you describe yep. that scene it was just no sound in the background was just, I mean, it was it was eerie. And the more you described it with the, the coach and being over there and the player's reaction, and, uh, man, uh, a, a tough, uh, unusual situation for you to be in in, in your, your radio career, not to minimize what obviously happened to the player, but uh, that was something.
7: Well, Shane Davis, the head coach, stayed with her the whole time until she finally left the court. I mean, there was no effort to... Go talk to the team. Talk about regrouping. Who the heck's going to play setter? I mean, it's almost as if the match no longer mattered. Yeah, that's that's when you really knew this was extremely serious and potentially life threatening. But no one really knows. Uh, But uh, you know, word is from yesterday that it's it's less serious now. Thank goodness.
1: Boy, uh, and I mean, you feel for Northwestern because they're on the verge of, like you said. Uh, maybe biggest win, one of the biggest wins in their program's history, and like literally, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later, um, the exact opposite. Um, The
7: the, Northwestern players left the court, and people thought, oh my goodness, they're not able to continue. Well, they had gone into the concourse, or maybe their locker room, and were sobbing. mm -hmm. And the reason you knew that is when they returned, they were all red-eyed.
0: Sure.
7: They had been sobbing. And so they get back on there, and they're still wiping their tears off their cheeks. They're trying to play another, you know, eight or nine volleyball rallies. And uh, then when the match did and Nebraska shook hands with them, the players for the Huskers on their own went under the net and like put their arms around Northwestern's players and they all instinctively got in a circle. And I think Becca Alec led a prayer, but this did not go on for a short time. It went on and then afterwards the hugging that happened between these players, some of whom knew each other but most of whom did not. But just going up to just fellow competitors uh. who were sobbing and a lot of the Huskers were crying. It was really something. I just I, I don't think I've ever seen that.
1: Wow. Um. Um. Uh, well, uh, obviously, you know, uh, we we uh, we're with with Nebraska, with you. Everybody else uh, wishing the the best to the injured Northwestern player, and and uh, hopefully we'll see her back on the court. And you know, the bigger questions. Hopefully, hopefully she's uh, fine. It sounds like the making progress there on that. Um. All right. Now uh, we enter into a uh, to a big weekend for Nebraska volleyball. One of these one of these weird weekends where you have a Friday home game and then a Sunday road game. Uh, Iowa at home, and then a big one at Ohio State. Give us a little bit of a preview of this weekend.
7: Well, finally, Coach Cook has a full week because nobody game plans, nobody practices, nobody does reps better than Nebraska, and they use every doggone minute, it's all mapped out ahead of time. And he finally gets a full week for the first time in, in a long, long time. And sure, he'll primarily get ready for Iowa, but they're going to get a chance to to prepare for Ohio State, and this is a huge one, Ohio State obviously miffed at what happened here in Lincoln. They go down 15-13, a deuce game in the fifth set. They had that match. They mm-hmm. gave it up. That's their lone loss in the conference. It's uh, otherwise their conference to win. So, uh, they're going to be ready. And they're—they're their new arena that I've never been in is going to be jam-packed. So, uh, this there's this going to be a lot of learning about Nebraska. And, and there's some hard choices that the Husker coaches have to consider right now. I mean, this Two-setter offense, excuse me, has shown you know some vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Northwestern, and then there was the tough loss against Wisconsin. Is there enough data here to consider something else? And uh, trust me, those, those Husker coaches are. In the Kim Lab this week, thinking all the options through.
1: Yeah, and meanwhile, here's Ohio State saying, "Oh my goodness, we can take we can take control of this conference essentially, because uh, they're in this three way tie with Nebraska and Wisconsin, everybody playing
7: each other, uh, so that'll be crazy." Um, yep. And then, the final weekend with Minnesota and Wisconsin go to both Columbus and Lincoln. Yep, the final weekend. Yeah, uh,
1: everybody's playing it. That's how you want that schedule to be. That'll be a great weekend of of volleyball over the all over the Big Ten. And you know, I hesitate to say it, but Iowa's one and thirteen. JB, things aren't things don't look like they're getting better there. You once again, you never
7: know. <laughs> you never do know, and that's a big campus. They could be out there recruiting this week. The Alpha Fees, the Delta Gammas, who the heck can pass? And you never know. All of a sudden, you spy someone across campus, and she's 6'5". five. You're like, hold everything. <laughs> You don't know what could happen. A lot of Iowa magic out there. They're still ticked off about losing uh, all their matches to date against Nebraska in volleyball on any given day. <laughs> so everybody needs to be ready to rock Friday night at the Old of Annie. Uh, yeah. uh
1: Yeah. Iowa has lo- uh, Iowa has won, uh, by my quick count here on my computer, Iowa's won uh, 13 sets this year
7: total. So However, that oh. to date. It's a border war. Throw out the record.
1: Okay, all right. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. They got a. Uh, we're in Lincoln. We're in Lincoln for the first one. Right, the second ones in Iowa. They got a nice facility there in Coralville, don't they?
7: Well, eh, it's like three quarters of a mile off campus. It's a little generic, <laughs> but uh, I
1: tried they- <laughs> I'm trying to pay Iowa a compliment. You won't even let me. Jeez.
7: <laughs> well, we can try, remember, I already called. Their student section a little sleepy.
1: Yeah, oh, uh, that's right. That's right. That's they right.
7: need to recruit talent they got to get a top recruiter there to bring talent because there's plenty of talent in the state but hey the moment they do that coach cook's job just got tougher think of all the iowans that have been instrumental in nebraska volleyball success yeah i mean this goes on yeah goes on. Caleb Anworth, Jen McFadden, right. Right shout out Mc... nancy
1: Metcalf. yeah the number yep. of cubics cubics yep yeah, it's true. You cut me
7: off. I was just getting to the. Coop. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's still two more.
1: Fecky, she's an Iowan, right? Yeah, that's another one.
7: Point, Michaela,
1: Jeez, we have been we have been just r- r- rummaging hey, through that about, state.
7: How, how about the other one in the argument for uh, in the conversation for greatest Husker of all time? Jordan Larson sitting on the Elkhorn North bench. I'm not even sure that's legal. <laughs> I know, right? Right. I saw that too. I was like, "Boy, that is." Uh, you go from uh,
1: what at, uh, at the you're uh, you're an assistant of the number one school in the nation, in the Olympics, and then and then you're at Elkhorn North. Uh, after all that. Well-
7: I don't think it's fair when the opposing team during the match is going to the other side trying to get autographs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. That's very true. Hey, l- l- let me ask you this real quick, JB. L- last thing here, Nebraska's still fourth in the nation. Uh, Texas, San Diego, Wisconsin, uh, one through three, and then Louisville, Ohio State, Pittsburgh. What's kind, of, what's kind of the top and bottom that Nebraska has to do to get a, uh, one of these top four seeds where they'll be home throughout? Like, Can you still lose a match the rest of the season? Do you have to be Big Ten champs? What do you think it is?
7: possibly able to lose one match, but it's got to be to Ohio state or to Wisconsin. You got six to go. Yeah. It's going to come down to this Ohio state match on the road and then Minnesota and Wisconsin, uh, here at home. But, uh, you know, you you feel that Texas has got the South and, and San Diego's got the West. And how many does that leave? Two more. Yeah. Will they take both from the big 10? Possibly, but uh, Huskers control their own destiny. They just gotta uh, figure it out. This is big. That second weekend, you really want to be in Lincoln.
0: So
1: maybe one, but that is the that's that's it. And then, and you want to be on top of the conference too.
0: Yeah.
7: Be, oh, you win the Big Ten? It's a done deal. The other thing is, you wonder what the the the, the uh, selection committee is going to think about Nebraska being in Omaha if they make the Final Four. Like, does that make them more inclined? To let the Huskers host because you really want the Huskers there for the Final Four, or less inclined because is it fair for Lincoln for Nebraska to stay in their own state for the entire tournament? So you don't you don't know which way it's going to go. So you 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 make it a moot point and just win out.
1: They're probably send them to Pittsburgh or something. I can see it now. I can already see it now. That NCAA committee,
7: sweet a sweet city, but you don't want to go there Uh, in December. They already beat Louisville.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, that'll, that'll be fascinating to see kind of how the bracketology goes with that. But you got to take care of business first. And you can, uh, hear it here on our broadcast house stations this weekend, Friday night, Iowa, 6 p.m. Oh, excuse me. That's, yeah, it's a 6 p.m. game. And then Sunday is a 3.30 game. Uh, and you can hear them on B1073. The Iowa game will be here on KLIN, correct, correct. Caleb? Correct. So the Iowa one will be on KLIN, uh, on both stations. And then if you want to get to Ohio State, that's over on B1073. So uh, there the you go.
7: Internet. I think they're probably only going to have one spot for a Big Ten team because you got Louisville right
1: there. Yep, Louisville. Yep, Louisville is the other one. So there you go. Uh, And by the way, uh, good to listen to uh, John and Lauren while you're raking leaves if you're doing that this weekend. But this weekend's going to be a lot worse weather than it was last Sunday when I did it. (laughs)
7: So. aerobic and cerebral exercise. That's what
1: I was doing. That's what I was doing. JB, uh, have a good weekend. Uh, we'll be listening to your calls. We'll talk to you again next Thursday, all right? Next Tuesday, actually.
7: Without a doggone leaf blower. How about that? I love it. <laughs> yep. Without noise pollution, without <laughs> air pollution, without helping OPEC. <laughs> nice work.
1: Oh, don't worry. We put them in big black plastic bags because we ran out of the paper ones. So. it.
7: right.
1: <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you later, JB. Have a good one. Thanks. John Baylor, voice of
0: uh, Big Red Volleyball. If being four, we'll take a break, wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Want today's top news stories, top husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Burn. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 51 degrees in the capital city as we wrap up the show.
1: Fantasy Oscars picks. Tell us what we've got. Well, earlier today we had Shane come in with 70. That's his, how, This, is, by the way, is the prediction. How many points that Nebraska holds Michigan to uh, in the game on Saturday? Jeremy is our
2: latest picker. He says 24. That's our lowest right now. So it's Jeremy at 24, Marie 35, Mexi Fry 50 and a half, Shane at 70.
1: All right, so there you go. All right, your chance, uh, another chance tomorrow at 6.35 and 8.10. If you didn't get a pick, you if you text in the right word at the right time, 6.35 or 8.10, you may be the one that gets to try and tell us how many points Nebraska uh, holds Michigan to in that game on Saturday. Now, all right, a little bit of a look ahead to today for Election Day. We are coming back a little LNK today at night starting at 8 p.m. So we are going to come on the air right when those first uh, results come out Uh, will largely be uh, early voting that comes in at eight o'clock with immediate analysis of those, and then we're going to go through with you uh, for a couple hours tonight. Hopefully, I have pretty much everything wrapped up by the end of the show. I expect that, <laughs> I expect that we probably will, but uh, we'll be watching those close races. There'll be a couple that are going to come down to the wire, so we will be uh, watching those and uh, not only telling you about what the results are, but giving you a little analysis. May hear from some guests as well. So that's coming up again tonight at 8 o'clock, and then back here tomorrow... What Chaps Your Eyed Wednesday. Dr. Ken Dewey is going to join us. And by the way, he's got some bad news. Oh. Uh, he's it, got some it, bad... Is that just
2: about the, the rain and the sewage systems?
1: Uh, he's got some bad weather news, from oh. what I can tell. Is it a four-letter
2: uh, word? Yeah.
1: Oh. Yep. Uh, so we'll hear from him, and John Bishop will join us as uh, as well. All right. We will uh, see you tomorrow. We're leaving you at 51 degrees in the capital city. It is 9 o'clock. am Lincoln.